What is up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode on the High Vibe Podcast. Or if you're on YouTube, welcome to my YouTube channel. Today's episode, I wanted to talk about brand deals. All about the good, the bad, the ugly, what it's like working with brands as a content creator, what it's like being on a campaign from start to finish. I want to take you really behind the scenes and my experience working with brands. So I have made over six figures last year working with brands like Walmart, Amazon, Royal Caribbean, Copper Tone, and many, many others, but those are just to name a few. So I have had a lot of experience over the last year working with brands in this space, and I took a bunch of notes for you guys, and I will share any resources that I talk about in the description so you can snag anything that I have. So let's just jump right into it. There's two different ways that you can land brand deals, inbound or outbound, meaning either brands are coming to you or you are going out there and pitching and reaching out to brands. There's no right or wrong way to go about this. I will say that the majority of my brand deals like 95% have all been inbound because what happens is when brands are running campaigns, they only run them certain times of the year, most of the time, and they're looking for specific types of creators. Now, I'm going to talk about the difference between inbound and outbound and how you can really try to maximize both. I have been doing more outbound brand deals lately, and I'm going to share with you what I've been doing to be bringing in more business, essentially through that outbound and not just kind of like waiting for things to come in because that was my big thing last year was I was just kind of like waiting and figuring it out and hoping that brands found me or hoping that I got called in for a campaign or asked to be on a campaign. And it's nice to have those inbound messages, but you don't want to rely on them. You kind of want to take action to your own hands a little bit. So I will talk about that. So inbound, how can you get discovered by brands, right? Essentially, you want those emails coming into your inbox. So the first things first, everywhere on every platform and every profile, you need to have your email. You need to have your email easily accessible, whether it's in the bio or in your little link and it's like the first thing. You don't wanna make a brand have to dig for your contact information. So have your business email, biz inquiries, whatever, easily accessible for them. Sometimes they're searching on their computers. You wanna make sure that that's visible. Second thing for inbound, what I like to do is really engage with these brands organically. So if you wear their product all the time or you use their product all the time, tag them in their stories or even make an organic post and shout them out. So keep on tagging them almost to the point where you feel like you're annoying. You're not annoying. You're giving them free exposure and you're talking organically about brands that you really, really like. So continue to tag them either in posts, in your stories, wherever the case may be. If you use them or you share them or you feature their product organically, just tag them, show them some love, show them some love on their pages. So really connect with the brand. There is a human managing that account. So I know when we think of brands, we don't even think of people, but there are people behind that business, right? And at the end of the day, you want to be personable. You want to be likable. 
and you want people to think of you. So that is my biggest tip is just organically and naturally, how can you connect with that brand without looking for anything in return? This isn't like a, oh, I'm going to strategize and do this. Like just, you love the brand, you love working with them, show them some love. Just put it out there. If nothing comes from it, nothing comes from it. But don't really have that like, I need to work with this brand. I need to work with this brand. I used to have that really controlling mentality and I've let that go. I've totally let that go. That's a whole nother podcast episode. So I really don't put that energy of need. I don't need anything. It would be awesome. It would be cool if I could work with some of the brands that are on my little dream board list, but I don't need it. I don't. Another thing to increase your chances of receiving inbound campaigns from brands is making sure that your content is SEO searchable. Now, I'm not really perfect at this, but just make sure in your caption that if you're into fashion, that you're talking about that. You're talking about outfits. You're talking about a girl in fashion. You're talking about a woman in your 20s or a woman in your 30s. Because likely they're going to be Googling or searching on Instagram for certain types of influencers with either these hashtags or something like that in their description. And now pretty much every social media platform is becoming searchable. So make sure that the content that you make is searchable, especially for things that you want to be known for or things that you want to be doing and working with. So that is another tip. Like just make sure your content is searchable. For outbound This is where you're either pitching to brands or you're applying to be on campaigns. Now, I did a heavy pitch strategy, I would say for the last six months. A lot of the landscape has changed and I landed a couple deals through pitches. I made a lot of contacts, but it wasn't the biggest source of my income and it definitely took a lot of time because when you're pitching brands, you wanna make sure that you are customizing these emails, that you're making that connection, that you're really not just copy and pasting a template. You can if you wanna be efficient and it is a numbers game at the end of the day, but there is a person reading that email at the end of the screen and just think about how you feel as a creator that gets copy and pasted messages. I usually just kind of ignore them, especially when they're just like completely copy and pasted. They didn't do any research. They don't have one sentence about me or my contact. I don't know. To each their own, I personally at least just add in, have a template, but then add in one or two sentences about the brand and about why you want to work with them. So I use Clearbit. It's a Google Chrome extension. You can go on websites and when you go on the website, this little tab will pop up and you can click on it and it can you can try and find the marketing contact, either influencer, marketing coordinator, campaign manager. There's all these different names, but you want to find someone in marketing essentially and you can send them an email. So I've done that and the approach that I take when I do that is I really just tell them that I love their brand, that I'm a huge fan. I tell them a little bit about me and who I am and then I just let them know, hey, if you are ever doing any type of campaigns or would love to partner up, I would love to be considered for the opportunity, just wanted to send a message, basically letting them know that I exist. You can continue to do that. Other people have different pitch strategies where they literally will try and find a need and tell them why they think that they could be the creator to work for them. I haven't gone that extensive on it. I have done a lot of pitches. Like I've sent out at least 100 pitches and I've worked with maybe under three brands. So to each their own, that is not the strategy that I use. What I have noticed 
from my own personal experience is that a lot of brands outsource for their marketing and influencer marketing and for running these campaigns. So a lot of brands, especially the big ones, so the big brands tend to outsource to these agencies who are then in charge of finding the creators, whether UGC creators or influencers. Now, getting on those agencies' radar is really where you want to be in the sweet spot. I have noticed 100% of my brand deals where it was all inbound were from agencies. They weren't from the brand directly. So the agency is basically this little liaison person that the company hires to basically run the campaign. And then what happens is the agency goes and finds all of these influencers, brings them back with the ones that they could work out a negotiation for rate or whatever and deliverables and then they bring it back to the brand and the brand says, we want this person, this person, this person, this person, this person. And that's pretty much how it goes. And then from there, you are working with the agency. I don't even have any of these brands' contact information. It's just the agency. Now, these agencies have lots and lots of brands on their portfolios. One thing that I would recommend is getting on these agencies' campaign lists. So a lot of the times, there's agencies like Aspire IQ, Maverick, Acorn that Either you need a certain number of followers or some type of criteria. Some of them you don't even need a criteria to apply, to just be a part of the platform, be a part of their system. You could just go on Google and type in influencer marketing agencies or UGC creator agencies and find all of them and just get on those websites. That is my biggest tip, get on those websites. A lot of them also have actual active campaigns. So you'll either be on their email list and you'll get notified when a new campaign is launched. And some of them provide the rate. Some of them you have to negotiate a rate. It just depends. Every single one runs a little bit differently. A lot of my campaigns that I've been doing this year have been through that. I have been seeing campaigns, ones that align with me. I've been sending in applications. It goes directly to the brand a lot of the time. And then Either the brand and I, someone from the brand and I or someone from the agency negotiate all of the details. That has been a big part of my income this year. And that is something that I definitely recommend if you are a creator to get on those platforms. The ones that I named are the ones that I am on, but there are so many. Get on as many as you can. You literally, there's no such thing as too too many of these platforms. It only just creates more opportunities for you. So either you got an email or you applied to be on a campaign or did a pitching and the brand decides that they want to work with you. When a brand has decided they wanted to work with you even before you sign the contract, that's usually a good sign that they're not going to bail. Obviously, things can change. Anything can happen. But I have never personally had the experience where once a brand decided to work with me, like the deal fell through or we couldn't agree on a contract or anything like that. I haven't had that experience. Doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. Now you really get into the contract. A lot of the times they always have a contract, especially if it's a big brand. They have a basic contract for the campaign and they will send it to you to either sign or review. You can feel free if they send it to you like in a PDF that you can't redline, ask for it in a Word doc where you can redline or sometimes they have it in a form where you can already redline it. It just depends. A lot of the times I have a personal agent that represents me that will go through these contracts and redline them for me. 
But I have seen every single red line that he has done. So I've learned a lot from just watching, just seeing the negotiation happen back and forth over the last year has really educated me to the point where I now can run my own deals without an agent and I feel confident in what I'm signing. I will say there are a few key terms that you want to look into when it comes to contracts. First thing is exclusivity. Exclusivity basically means that you can't work with any of this brand's competitors and sometimes they have it very defined. Sometimes they say anyone in the supplement or health and wellness space and they give you a duration. If you wanna have exclusivity that's longer than, I would say three weeks, that usually should cost more money because they're taking you off the market. Some brands want exclusivity for like three months or four months. That means that even if you do a campaign with this protein company, that means for four months after you make that post, you still can't run a campaign with any other supplement company. That should cost extra money. doesn't matter how big, like let's say they paid you a thousand here that means that even if you have a twenty thousand dollar campaign you can't do it so make sure when there's that exclusivity factor that you're looking into it i usually try to keep things shortened under a month everything under a month anything over a month usually we ask for additional fee for just because they're taking us off the market we always mention that it's in good faith like let's say you had a four week exclusivity and in three and a half weeks, you another brand reaches out. Like you can always talk to the brand. They're they're human at the end of the day. They just don't want you posting a protein company right here and then a protein company right here. It's really just to spread out those advertisements essentially. So exclusivity is a big one. Look at that. I like to keep things under a month or at least ask if it's flexible or negotiable for that. Second thing is net payment. Typically for me, Net payment, I like to keep it around the 30-day mark, meaning it will say payment in net 30, meaning either when your deliverables are sent in or the campaign is closed, it will say that in the contract. The brand has to pay you within 30 business days. I've done campaigns where it was 45 business days. Sometimes if it's bigger, like a lot of money, it will be 60 business days. It really just depends. I really try to fight from the 60 business days, that means you work with a brand, let's say it takes you a whole month from start to finish working on this campaign, that means you don't get paid for 60 business days. It's not just two months, it's only five business days in a week. So it's five, 10, 15, 20, it's a long time before you see that paycheck. So either ask if you can have half upfront or half later, like negotiate that. Some agencies, have like a hard deadline and they're like this is our rule this is our policy and there's nothing really you can do about it but you can try to fight for half now half later it's just a long time in my opinion to get paid for your work so i like to keep things around net 30 ideally net 30 is always the best or net 45 if you can try and bring it down from net 60 but net 60 always to me is like absurd usage is another thing that you want to look for usage basically means what the brand can use your content for a lot of the times it's reposting organically on their own social media that's fine but if they want 
the rights to it for an entire year to use on commercials and TV ads and all other places of the internet, that should cost extra money. They shouldn't just have full exclusive rights to your content as a creator unless they pay for it. Reshoots. This is something that you want to look into because sometimes brands will say that they can ask for up to three reshoots, which is just a nightmare. Luckily, I've only ever had to reshoot some stories for campaigns, but I've never had to reshoot a video. But reshooting a video is not something that you want to do because a lot of times you spend all of this time getting ready, going to the location, setting up your home, whatever the case is, and to have to reshoot the video is like, you don't want to do that. So make sure you look when they ask for reshoots in the contract. It will say up to three reshoots, mandatory required. Maybe you can counter that and say, can we do one reshoot? And then if you want two or three reshoots, those are going to cost additional fees. Usually if you are on top of it, like if you're reading the brief and you're seeing what the brand wants exactly wants and you read the, like read the brief, be a professional, you won't likely have to reshoot. There have been times I'm going to talk about now I'm going to veer off from the contract because those are really the main key things in a contract that you really want to look out for as a creator. And I'm I'm going to talk about kind of like the pros and cons and nightmare stories that I've had working with brands. I've had a lot of really good experiences. There have been agencies that I've worked with. And when I say brands, I really mean the agency that's representing the brand. I've had a lot of good experiences. They're, they've been very professional, they answer all of my questions. And what I will say is as a creator, be professional, be likable, be someone that other people enjoy working with, be overly communicative. So I, when I'm working with a brand, I am on top of my emails. They never have to wait more than one business day ever. I usually get back to the brand within 24 hours. I am constantly checking my email in the morning and in the evening to make sure that the brand gets a response if they have any edits or anything that they need. If there is a deadline that you cannot make, like let's say every brand has their own timeline. Sometimes they're kind of crazy and absurd and unreasonable. And you have your own life going on before this campaign happened because a lot of times when campaigns happen, they start and they start right away. Like I just signed contracts and I'm already shooting. So a lot of times they happen right away and sometimes they just overlap with each other and it's not going to fit with your schedule. So if for some reason you cannot meet a deadline, make sure that you communicate that. You say, hey, this deadline I'm not going to be able to make because of X, Y, and Z. Is it okay if I get you the video no later by this date? Usually they're fine. Usually they're like, yeah, get it to us when you can. That's totally fine. But just make sure you communicate that. Don't be that person where if they want the deadline on this date, you just send it in three days late without any explanation. Don't do that. Sometimes in contracts, they actually reduce your rates when you do that. Like you have a late fee. So in contracts, that does happen too. I will say also stand up for yourself. There have been times, especially when I was a brand new baby creator (laughs) and I had no idea what I was doing and I was just excited to be working with the brand that I didn't know kind of what was normal or what wasn't normal. And one campaign that I got signed on made me actually not want to do this job anymore. It was the biggest nightmare ever. 
And it was mainly the agency that I was working with. And the agency, I don't know what it was, but every time I've worked on a campaign with this agency, it has never gone smoothly. So that's just the way it is. And it's mainly the people and that agency. They're not talking to Together. They're not communicating with each other. There was one time where I had to re-edit a video that I did for a campaign and I went over the brief. I'm the type of person where when companies send you a brief, I read everything. I take notes on everything before I shoot because I don't want to reshoot a video. I don't want to re-edit a video. I want it to be approved and just be done. Because why would you have to do extra work? There was a time where I worked with an agency and they sent me an old brief and I made sure to include certain things in my video that it said you must include this in the brief. And then when I sent it in, they're like, can she take all of these things out? That's no longer relevant. And I was like, it was in the brief. <laughs> How is it no longer relevant? And they're like, well, you had an old brief. I only got one brief. Like you guys, you, the agency sent me that brief and now you're telling me that it's my fault. So I've had examples like that where it's been nightmares and I've had examples where I was working with a brand and I send in my deliverable and they ask for the deliverable within 24 hours like you have to send something in right away and then it takes them a week to get back to you and then they send you their edits and they want the edits done by tomorrow and those are things where like especially if it's not in the contract that you have to have a turnaround within 24 hours stand up for yourself because a lot of the times it's just sitting with this agency and they're just like dilly-dallying before they even send it to the brand so what happens when whenever there's those unreasonable deadlines where they're like can you have this reshot and edited by tomorrow and obviously i already had stuff going on that day i will politely send them an email and I'll say, hey, I am unable to make that deadline as I have this, this, and this going on today, but I can have the video done by this. Will that be okay? <clears throat> Usually they're like, okay, yeah, that's fine. So just make sure if there's things like that that are gonna cause you extra stress, like you stand up for yourself, but with that, be someone that is professional to work with, that is easy to work with, that over delivers, that over communicates. That is so important. And I think that is why I have had a lot of success in this space and also got a lot of repeat brand deals from agencies and brands is because I've been someone that's easy to work with. Okay. So that is very, very important. There is one thing in the beginning that I wanted to mention, especially if you're a growing, like an up and coming creator, you might get a lot of emails coming in from brands that you can't tell if they're fake or they're real. <laughs> and I still get those to this day. A lot of the times they're either sent through a system, the ones that you can't tell. They're like sent through a system and it just has like your Instagram handle or something like that. What I like to do is I like to check the domain of the email, make sure it's an actual domain. I will look up the agency to see if it's an actual agency. A lot of the times the ones that seem fake, it's because they're from a foreign country. A lot of the times either in China, South Korea, or India, at least from my experience where I'm like, is this a real one? So one of the things that I do right away when I get an email, Check the domain, and if you think that it might be a legit email, reply and just say, hey, thanks for reaching out. I think I'm interested. Would love to have more information on this campaign, such as the timeline, exact deliverables, 
usage and budget you're working with. If you also have a creative campaign that I can take a look at or a creative brief that I can look at, I would love to see it. Thank you. Have a nice day. A lot of times that email weeds out the fake ones because then you're basically just saying, hey, like send me all the information of the campaign, send me all the details. And if it's fake, they're not even going to spend time doing that. All right, back to it. After you sign the contract and you're working with the brand, usually you then have to write out your concept. So they'll give you the campaign brief. You read the brief. You're like, okay, this is how they want to market it. This is the story. This is the product. You usually write out a written concept. You send it in for approval. Once it's approved, you get shooting. You shoot the video. You either have to upload your deliverables to their platform or through Dropbox or Google Drive. Every Everyone's different. The brand approves the video and then you post and you go live. Some brands require invoices a lot of the bigger ones don't. They just want like your PayPal or your bank information. So it's just different. When I work with smaller brands, they do want an invoice. And honestly, you can literally just make that on Canva. Just go to Canva, type in invoice, type in your services, send it in. So you don't need to make it more complicated than it needs to be. So you can just make that on Canva and send it in. One thing that I really like to use for me, this now costs money. It's called Google Streak. And that helps me keep organized with brand deals. So it's like basically a pipeline that you can have. So I will have all these different stages in my brand deal pipeline, meaning inbound campaign. So everything that's coming in. Anything that I've applied for, I have an outbound stage. If I'm in negotiation phase, I put it in negotiations. If we're in the shooting phase, I put it there. If I've sent in the deliverables or the campaign is done, then I put it into a closed phase. So it helps me know what I need to do. And another thing that I like to do is right when a company sends me their brief, I write down all of the key timelines, like the dates, write down all the key dates, all of the deliverables, all of the due dates, have a place, have some type of system where you know what you have to get done. Cause otherwise it's going to drive you nuts, especially if you have multiple campaigns that you have to be shooting. I hope that this was helpful. I hope that this gave you a little bit of insight into what it's like working with brands and negotiating with brands, all of that stuff. I think at the end of the day, be a professional, be a human, be a good human, and be someone that other people want to work with. And when you end a campaign, either with an agency or a brand, send them a thank you email. Send them a note. Let them know that you enjoyed working with them and that you hope to work with them again in future campaigns. Like, Just be a human at the end of the day. I think that's the most important thing because yes, you're working with brands, but humans are the ones that are running these brands and you want to be someone that other people like to work with. I hope that you treat yourself and you think of yourself as a professional and you act as a professional and you're on top of it because I think a lot of the times like the space gets a bad rap and people think that we don't do anything except just like shoot content on our phones and that it couldn't be further from the truth but there is a lot of other things that it comes to being a creator that you need to master. So working with other people, being on top of your emails, being someone that over delivers, all of those things matter in your career. So I hope this was helpful. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review. Please, please, please leave a review if you found this helpful. It really helps this podcast reach more people. All right, I love you guys. See you next time.
Welcome to the High Vibe Podcast, a show created for those who want to go deep on topics such as entrepreneurship, personal growth, social media, wellness, and everything in between. I'm your host, Tori Nishino, retired corporate girl turned full-time online influencer and entrepreneur. There's no gatekeeping here, just real and raw conversations that are meant to raise your vibe and elevate your life. Are you ready? Let's go. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode on the High Vibe Podcast, or if you're on YouTube, welcome to my YouTube channel. Today's episode, I wanted to talk about brand deals, all about the good, the bad, the ugly, what it's like working with brands as a content creator, what it's like being on a campaign from start to finish. I want to take you really behind the scenes and my experience working with brands. So I have made over six figures last year working with brands like Walmart, Amazon, Royal Caribbean, Copper Tone, and many, many others, but those are just to name a few. So I have had a lot of experience over the last year working with brands in this space, and I took a bunch of notes for you guys, and I will share any resources that I talk about in the description. So you can snag anything that I have. So let's just jump right into it. There's two different ways that you can land brand deals, inbound or outbound, meaning either brands are coming to you or you are going out there and pitching and reaching out to brands. There's no right or wrong way to go about this. I will say that the majority of my brand deals Like 95% have all been inbound because what happens is when brands are running campaigns, they only run them certain times of the year, most of the time, and they're looking for specific types of creators. Now, I'm going to talk about the difference between inbound and outbound and how you can really try to maximize both. I have been doing more outbound brand deals lately, and I'm going to share with you what I've been doing to be bringing in more business essentially through that outbound and not just kind of like waiting for things to come in because that was my big thing last year was I was just kind of like waiting and figuring it out and hoping that brands found me or hoping that I got called in for a campaign or asked to be on a campaign. And it's nice to have those inbound messages, but you don't want to rely on them. You kind of want to take action to your own hands a little bit. So I will talk about that. So inbound, how can you get discovered by brands, right? Essentially, you want those emails coming into your inbox. So the first things first, everywhere on every platform and every profile, you need to have your email. You need to have your email easily accessible, whether it's in the bio or in your little link and it's like the first thing. You don't wanna make a brand have to dig for your contact information. So have your business email, biz inquiries, whatever, easily accessible for them. Sometimes they're searching on their computers. You wanna make sure that that's visible. Second thing for inbound, what I like to do is really engage with these brands organically. So if you wear their product all the time or you use their product all the time, tag them in their stories or even make an organic post and shout them out. So keep on tagging them almost to the point where you feel like you're annoying. You're not annoying. You're giving them free exposure and you're talking organically about brands that you really, really like. So continue to tag them either in posts, in your stories, wherever the case may be. If you use them or you share them or you feature their product 
organically, just tag them. Show them some love. Show them some love on their pages. So really connect with the brand. There is a human managing that account. So I know when we think of brands, we don't even think of people, but there are people behind that business, right? And at the end of the day, you want to be personable. You want to be likable. And you want people to think of you. So that is my biggest tip is just organically and naturally, how can you connect with that brand without looking for anything in return? This isn't like, a, oh, I'm going to strategize and do this. Like just you love the brand, you love working with them, show them some love. Just put it out there. If nothing comes from it, nothing comes from it. But don't really have that like, I need to work with this brand. I need to work with this brand. I used to have that really controlling mentality and I've let that go. I've totally let that go. That's a whole nother podcast episode. So I really don't put that energy of need. I don't need anything. It would be awesome. It would be cool if I could work with some of the brands that are on my little dream board list, but I don't need it. I don't. Another thing to increase your chances of receiving inbound campaigns from brands is making sure that your content is SEO searchable. Now, I'm not really perfect at this, but just make sure in your caption that if you're into fashion, that you're talking about that. You're talking about outfits. You're talking about a girl in fashion. You're talking about a woman in your 20s or a woman in your 30s because likely they're going to be Googling or searching on Instagram for certain types of influencers with either these hashtags or something like that in their description. And now pretty much every social media platform is becoming searchable. So make sure that the content that you make is searchable, especially for things that you want to be known for or things that you want to be doing and working with. So that is another tip. Like just make sure your content is searchable. For outbound, this is where you're either pitching to brands or you're applying to be on campaigns. Now, I did a heavy pitch strategy, I would say for the last six months. A lot of the landscape has changed and I landed a couple deals through pitches. I made a lot of contacts, but it wasn't the biggest source of my income and it definitely took a lot of time because when you're pitching brands, you wanna make sure that you are customizing these emails, that you're making that connection, that you're really not just copy and pasting a template. You can if you wanna be efficient and it is a numbers game at the end of the day, but there is a person reading that email at the end of the screen and just think about how you feel as a creator that gets copy and pasted messages. I usually just kind of ignore them, especially when they're just like completely copy and pasted. They didn't do any research. They don't have one sentence about me or my contact. I don't know. To each their own, I personally at least just add in, have a template, but then add in one or two sentences about the brand and about why you want to work with them. So I use Clearbit. It's a Google Chrome extension. You can go on websites and when you go on the website, this little tab will pop up and you can click on it and it can you can try and find the marketing contact, either influencer, marketing coordinator, campaign manager. There's all these different names, but you want to find someone in marketing essentially and you can send them an email. So I've done that and the approach that I take when I do that is I really just tell them that I love their brand, that I'm a huge fan. I tell them a little bit about me and who I am and then I just let them know, hey, if you are ever doing any type of campaigns or would love to partner up, I would love to be considered for the opportunity. Just wanted to send a message, basically letting them know that I exist. You can continue to do that. Other people have different pitch strategies where they literally will try and find a need and tell them why they think that 
they could be the creator to work for them. I haven't gone that extensive on it. I have done a lot of pitches. Like I've sent out at least 100 pitches and I've worked with maybe under three brands. So to each their own, that is not the strategy that I use. What I have noticed from my own personal experience is that a lot of brands outsource for their marketing and influencer marketing and for running these campaigns. So a lot of brands, especially the big ones, so the big brands tend to outsource to these agencies who are then in charge of finding the creators, whether UGC creators or influencers. Now, getting on those agencies' radar is really where you want to be in the sweet spot. I have noticed 100% of my brand deals where it was all inbound were from agencies. They weren't from the brand directly. So the agency is basically this little liaison person that the company hires to basically run the campaign. And then what happens is the agency goes and finds all of these influencers, brings them back with the ones that they could work out a negotiation for rate or whatever, and deliverables. And then they bring it back to the brand and the brand says, we want this person, this person, this person, this person, this person. And that's pretty much how it goes. And then from there, you are working with the agency. I don't even have any of these brands' contact information. It's just the agency. Now, these agencies have lots and lots of brands on their portfolios. One thing that I would recommend is getting on these agencies' campaign lists. So a lot of the times, there's agencies like Aspire IQ, Maverick, Acorn that Either you need a certain number of followers or some type of criteria. Some of them you don't even need a criteria to apply, to just be a part of the platform, be a part of their system. You could just go on Google and type in influencer marketing agencies or UGC creator agencies and find all of them and just get on those websites. That is my biggest tip, get on those websites. A lot of them also have actual active campaigns. So you'll either be on their email list and you'll get notified when a new campaign is launched. And some of them provide the rate. Some of them you have to negotiate a rate. It just depends. Every single one runs a little bit differently. A lot of my campaigns that I've been doing this year have been through that. I have been seeing campaigns, ones that align with me. I've been sending in applications. It goes directly to the brand a lot of the time. And then Either the brand and I, someone from the brand and I or someone from the agency negotiate all of the details. That has been a big part of my income this year. And that is something that I definitely recommend if you are a creator to get on those platforms. The ones that I named are the ones that I am on, but there are so many. Get on as many as you can. You literally, there's no such thing as too too many of these platforms. It only just creates more opportunities for you. So either you got an email or you applied to be on a campaign or did a pitching and the brand decides that they want to work with you. When a brand has decided they wanted to work with you even before you sign the contract, that's usually a good sign that they're not going to bail. Obviously, things can change. Anything can happen. But I have never personally had the experience where once a brand decided to work with me, like the deal fell through or we couldn't agree on a contract or anything like that. I haven't had that experience. Doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. Now you really get into the contract. A lot of the times they always have a contract, especially if it's a big brand, they have a 
basic contract for the campaign and they will send it to you to either sign or review. You can feel free if they send it to you like in a PDF that you can't redline, ask for it in a Word doc where you can redline or sometimes they have it in a form where you can already redline it. It just depends. A lot of the times I have a personal agent that represents me that will go through these contracts and redline them for me. But I have seen every single red line that he has done. So I've learned a lot from just watching, just seeing the negotiation happen back and forth over the last year has really educated me to the point where I now can run my own deals without an agent and I feel confident in what I'm signing. I will say there are a few key terms that you want to look into when it comes to contracts. First thing is exclusivity. Exclusivity basically means that you can't work with any of this brand's competitors and Sometimes they have it very defined. Sometimes they say anyone in the supplement or health and wellness space. And they give you a duration. If you want to have exclusivity that's longer than, I would say, three weeks, that usually should cost more money because they're taking you off the market. Some brands want exclusivity for like three months or four months. That means that even if you do a campaign with this protein company, that means for four months after you make that post, you still can't run a campaign with any other supplement company. That should cost extra money. It doesn't matter how big, like let's say they paid you a thousand here. That means that even if you have a $20,000 campaign, you can't do it. So make sure when there's that exclusivity factor that you're looking into it. I usually try to keep things shortened under a month, everything under a month, anything over a month, usually we ask for additional fee for just because they're taking us off the market. We always mention that it's in good faith. Like let's say you had a four week exclusivity and in three and a half weeks, you another brand reaches out. Like you can always talk to the brand. They're, they're human at the end of the day. They just don't want you posting a protein company right here and then a protein company right here. It's really just to spread out those advertisements essentially. So exclusivity is a big one. Look at that. I like to keep things under a month or at least ask if it's flexible or negotiable for that. Second thing is net payment. Typically for me, net payment, I like to keep it around the 30-day mark, meaning it will say payment in net 30, meaning either when your deliverables are sent in or the campaign is closed, it will say that in the contract. The brand has to pay you within 30 business days. I've done campaigns where it was 45 business days. Sometimes if it's bigger, like a lot of money, it will be 60 business days. It really just depends. I really try to fight from the 60 business days. That means you work with a brand. Let's say it takes you a whole month from start to finish working on this campaign. That means you don't get paid for 60 business days. It's not just two months. It's only five business days in a week. So it's five, 10, 15, 20. It's a long time before you see that paycheck. So either ask if you can have half up front or half later, like negotiate that. Some agencies have like a hard deadline and they're like, this is our rule, this is our policy, and there's nothing really you can do about it. But you can try to fight for half now, half later. It's just a long time, in my opinion, to get paid for your work. So I like to keep things around net 30, ideally. Net 30 is always the best, or net 45 if you can try and bring it down from net 60. But net 60 always to me is like, 
absurd. Usage is another thing that you want to look for. Usage basically means what the brand can use your content for. A lot of the times it's reposting organically on their own social media. That's fine. But if they want the rights to it for an entire year to use on commercials and TV ads and all other places of the internet, that should cost extra money. They shouldn't just have full exclusive rights to your content as a creator unless they pay for it. Reshoots. This is something that you want to look into because sometimes brands will say that they can ask for up to three reshoots, which is just a nightmare. Luckily, I've only ever had to reshoot some stories for campaigns, but I've never had to reshoot a video. But reshooting a video is not something that you want to do because a lot of times you spend all of this time getting ready, going to the location, setting up your home, whatever the case is, and to have to reshoot the video is like, oh, you don't want to do that. So make sure you look when they ask for reshoots in the contract. It will say up to three reshoots, mandatory required. Maybe you can counter that and say, can we do one reshoot? And then if you want two or three reshoots, those are gonna cost additional fees. Usually if you are on top of it, like if you're reading the brief and you're seeing what the brand wants, exactly wants, and you read the, like read the brief, be a professional, you won't likely have to reshoot. There have been times, I'm gonna talk about now, I'm going to veer off from the contract because those are really the main key things in a contract that you really want to look out for as a creator. And I'm I'm going to talk about kind of like the pros and cons and nightmare stories that I've had working with brands. I've had a lot of really good experiences. There have been agencies that I've worked with. And when I say brands, I really mean the agency that's representing the brand. I've had a lot of good experiences. They've been very professional. They answer all of my questions. And what I will say is as a creator, be professional, be likable, be someone that other people enjoy working with, be overly communicative. So I, when I'm working with a brand, I am on top of my emails. They never have to wait more than one business day ever. I usually get back to the brand within 24 hours. I am constantly checking my email in the morning and in the evening to make sure that the brand gets a response if they have any edits or anything that they need. If there is a deadline that you cannot make, like let's say every brand has their own timeline. Sometimes they're kind of crazy and absurd and unreasonable. And you have your own life going on before this campaign happened because a lot of times when campaigns happen, they start and they start right away. Like I just signed contracts and I'm already shooting. So a lot of times they happen right away and sometimes they just overlap with each other and it's not going to fit with your schedule. So if for some reason you cannot meet a deadline, make sure that you communicate that. You say, hey, this deadline I'm not going to be able to make because of X, Y, and Z. Is it okay if I get you the video no later by this date? Usually they're fine. Usually they're like, yeah, get it to us when you can. That's totally fine. But just make sure you communicate that. Don't be that person where if they want the deadline on this date, you just send it in three days late without any explanation. Don't do that. Sometimes in contracts, they actually reduce your rates when you do that. Like you have a late fee. So in contracts, that does happen too. I will say also stand up for yourself. There have been times, especially when I was a brand new baby creator (laughs) and I had no idea what I was doing and I was just excited to be working with a brand, 
that I didn't know kind of what was normal or what wasn't normal. And one campaign that I got signed on made me actually not want to do this job anymore. It was the biggest nightmare ever. And it was mainly the agency that I was working with. And the agency, I don't know what it was, but every time I've worked on a campaign with this agency, it has never gone smoothly. So that's just the way it is. And it's mainly the people and that agency. They're not talking together. They're not communicating with each other. There was one time where I had to re-edit a video that I did for a campaign. And I went over the brief. I'm the type of person where when companies send you a brief, I read everything. I take notes on everything before I shoot because I don't want to reshoot a video. I don't want to re-edit a video. I want it to be approved and just be done. Because why would you have to do extra work? There was a time where I worked with an agency and they sent me an old brief and I made sure to include certain things in my video that it said you must include this in the brief. And then when I sent it in, they're like, can she take all of these things out? That's no longer relevant. And I was like, it was in the brief. (laughs) How is it no longer relevant? And they're like, well, you had an old brief. I only got one brief. Like you guys, you, the agency sent me that brief and now you're telling me that it's my fault. So I've had examples like that where it's been nightmares and I've had examples where I was working with a brand and I send in my deliverable and they ask for the deliverable within 24 hours. Like you have to send something in right away. And then it takes them a week to get back to you. And then they send you their edits and they want the edits done by tomorrow. And those are things where like, especially if it's not in the contract that you have to have a turnaround within 24 hours, stand up for yourself. Because a lot of the times it's just sitting with this agency and they're just like dilly-dallying before they even send it to the brand. So what happens when, whenever there's those unreasonable deadlines where they're like, can you have this reshot and edited by tomorrow? And obviously I already had stuff going on that day. I will politely send them an email and I'll say, hey, I am unable to make that deadline as I have this, this, and this going on today, but I can't have the video done by this. Will that be okay? Usually they're like, okay, yeah, that's fine. So just make sure if there's things like that that are gonna cause you extra stress, like you stand up for yourself, but with that, be someone that is professional to work with, that is easy to work with, that over delivers, that over communicates. That is so important. And I think that is why I have had a lot of success in this space and also got a lot of repeat brand deals from agencies and brands is because I've been someone that's easy to work with. Okay. So that is very, very important. There is one thing in the beginning that I wanted to mention, especially if you're a growing, like an up and coming creator, you might get a lot of emails coming in from brands that you can't tell if they're fake or they're real. (laughs) And I still get those to this day. A lot of the times they're either sent through a system, the ones that you can't tell. They're like sent through a system and it just has like your Instagram handle or something like that. What I like to do is I like to check the domain of the email, make sure it's an actual domain. I will look up the agency to see if it's an actual agency. A lot of the times the ones that seem fake, it's because they're from a foreign country. A lot of the times either in China, South Korea, or India, at least from my experience where I'm like, is this a real one? So one of the things that I do right away when I get an email, Check the domain, and if you think that it might be a legit email, reply, 
and just say, hey, thanks for reaching out. I think I'm interested. Would love to have more information on this campaign, such as the timeline, exact deliverables, usage, and budget you're working with. If you also have a creative campaign that I can take a look at or a creative brief that I can look at, I would love to see it. Thank you. Have a nice day. A lot of times that email weeds out the fake ones because then you're basically just saying, hey, like send me all the information of the campaign, send me all the details. And if it's fake, they're not even going to spend time doing that. All right, back to it. After you sign the contract and you're working with the brand, usually you then have to write out your concept. So they'll give you the campaign brief. You read the brief. You're like, okay, this is how they want to market it. This is the story. This is the product. You usually write out a written concept. You send it in for approval. Once it's approved, you get shooting. You shoot the video. You either have to upload your deliverables to their platform or through Dropbox or Google Drive. Every Everyone's different. The brand approves the video and then you post and you go live. Some brands require invoices. A lot of the bigger ones don't. They just want like your PayPal or your bank information. So it's just different. When I work with smaller brands, they do want an invoice. And honestly, you can literally just make that on Canva. Just go to Canva, type in invoice, type in your services, send it in. So you don't need to make it more complicated than it needs to be. So you can just make that on Canva and send it in. One thing that I really like to use for me, this now costs money. It's called Google Streak. And that helps me keep organized with brand deals. So it's like basically a pipeline that you can have. So I will have all these different stages in my brand deal pipeline, meaning inbound campaign. So everything that's coming in. Anything that I've applied for, I have an outbound stage. If I'm in negotiation phase, I put it in negotiations. If we're in the shooting phase, I put it there. If I've sent in the deliverables or the campaign is done, then I put it into a closed phase. So it helps me know what I need to do. And another thing that I like to do is right when a company sends me their brief, I write down all of the key timelines, like the dates, write down all the key dates, all of the deliverables, all of the due dates, have a place, have some type of system where you know what you have to get done. Cause otherwise it's going to drive you nuts, especially if you have multiple campaigns that you have to be shooting. I hope that this was helpful. I hope that this gave you a little bit of insight into what it's like working with brands and negotiating with brands, all of that stuff. I think at the end of the day, be a professional, be a human, be a good human, and be someone that other people want to work with. And when you end a campaign, either with an agency or a brand, send them a thank you email. Send them a note. Let them know that you enjoyed working with them and that you hope to work with them again in future campaigns. Like, Just be a human at the end of the day. I think that's the most important thing because yes, you're working with brands, but humans are the ones that are running these brands and you want to be someone that other people like to work with. I hope that you treat yourself and you think of yourself as a professional and you act as a professional and you're on top of it because I think a lot of the times like the space gets a bad rap and people think that we don't do anything except just like shoot content on our phones and that it couldn't be further from the truth but there is a lot of other things that it comes to being a creator that you need to master. So working with other people, being on top of your emails, being someone that over delivers, all of those things matter in your career. So I hope this was helpful. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review. Please, please, please leave a review if you found this helpful. It really helps this podcast reach more people. 
All right, I love you guys. See you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of the High Vibe community. If you loved this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave a review or take a screenshot and share it with a friend so more women can find this podcast. For more on me, visit tourinishino.com or find me on social media just by searching my name. Until next time, friends, live your high vibe life.